welcome to More Than Myths. Well, hey. Well, hey. How are you? I feel like I haven't seen you or talked to you in 500 years. I know. The holidays were crazy. Yeah. They were crazy. I was just, you know, one thing after another and family, family and getting kids ready to go back to school. It's just been wild. (laughs) (laughs) That's my Uh, official stance on the holiday season. Yeah. Now it's over and now it's done with. Yeah. Excellent. Now I can go back to like uh, reading before bedtime and. Oh, Yeah. Tell me about it. Okay, so you and I are both reading A Court of Thorns and Roses, and I know that you've already read the first book, right? Yes, yes. I cannot get past, like, the first 20 pages. It's rough. The first book is rough. You weren't lying. I am, like... It's rough. So, but I know that it's worth it because everybody who reads similar books to me is like, you just have to keep going. You have to keep going. But I'm just, I can't, It. I fall asleep. I make <laughs> it like a page yeah. and then I fall asleep and I'm like, it's it rough. daunting. Mm-hmm. So uh, the font on the book print is just so little and I, I'm just having a hard time reading You're it. struggling with this one. I'm struggling. struggling. Yeah. But I really want to read it. I promise. That the second book totally makes up for it. It's good. good. Welcome to More Than Myths. <laughs> Welcome to More Than Myths. Every week, Ailey and I come together and we tell each other new stories of mythology, legends, folklore, fairy tales, and sometimes spooky shit and blow each other's minds. Spooky shit. Um, all <laughs> while doing our inter- internet research and other podcasts, books, podcasts and books and all good stuff. TV shows. So- <laughs> Yeah, we love to just come and uh, bring each other new information. So, yeah, yeah, that's what we do here. And we also talk about smutty, smutty books. <laughs> but, yeah, we both set goals to read more books this year. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm like on the lookout for all kinds of fantasy series. And I really want to read the Anne Rice witch books because Anne Rice died. Uh, Did you see that? That was rough. I was like, I meant to talk about it last week on the podcast because we had talked about her before. Yes. And so I was like, yeah. oh, I just wanted to give a shout out and like, rest in peace, Anne Rice. I'm so sorry. Do you know how old she was? She was 80. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That's a long life. My goodness. Right. But also kind of young. Also kind of young. Yeah. And I, I I, remember when she died and we were <laughs> we were in the bookstore. At, of course. Of course you were in they the They might bookstore. as well have a freaking mattress and a blankie in the back for me mine as well yeah no kidding but uh i had asked christopher you know if she had any other books that she was working on or series that she was in the middle of so but i don't know yeah i didn't look into that but well now i'm like even more looking forward to the series oh right the uh interview with a vampire the vampire chronicles yeah television series yeah i can't wait for it Oh man, I kind of wish she would have lived to see it, but I don't know. I know she was or had a ton of involvement in it, so I don't know. I don't know when it comes out. 
We can do a fact check right now. It's in development. <gasps> nice. That's all it says on IMDb. So hopefully it still lives. Yeah. We're just awaiting on pins and needles. Yeah. Oh, can't wait. How's Wheel of Time? Did you finish it? We finished it. I haven't watched. I haven't started it yet. I don't have time for TV. <laughs> you are you are so busy, though. I mean, you're a mom. You're doing all these things. And yeah. I am not. This is two very different worlds we're living in. True. That's this all. The PSA. You have Public kids. <laughs> you didn't have Forget no time. For TV. <laughs> no time for anything. I, yeah. I get to read books and I get to work on my podcast. That's about it. <laughs> it's about it. It's good. When you watch it, I mean, it's not going anywhere. It's good. You're first today. I am first. Ma'am. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. I have a question for you. Uh, shoot. That was a lot of attitude. You just. <laughs> there was a lot of attitude. It was, it was more a just lot like, of attitude. I was trying to say I mean, something I funny. Just... <laughs> and it just, I glitched. So. Well, now I'm Nothing glad it's scary. Now I'm glad it's scary. I knew you were going to say that. Do you believe in ghosts and people being haunted? Yes. Genuinely. Yes, yeah? I, I genuinely do. Have you ever heard of the Sally House? No. I'm going to tell you about the Sally House today. <sighs> yeah. All right. Is it close? No, it's in Kentucky. Oh, thank God. Okay. Yeah, it's ways away. You're not allowed yeah, to do anything I... in Idaho, Oregon, or Washington. <laughs> Noted. Noted. And I, after reading this, I don't know that I want to go there. I was telling Chris about this place and I don't know, man. I don't, uh, I don't know. So no. some of the things I watched and listened to, cause I dive deep guys. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Uh, Astonishing Legends did a really good one. They're, I mean, they are a fantastic podcast. If you guys have never listened to them, go give them a just check them out. They are a much bigger, older podcast than we are. They little old. <laughs> they were actually able to get a hold of the family that lived in this house and do an interview with them. Um, <gasps> yeah. Whoa! Yeah, big I, they, goals, right? Big goals. I mean, these episodes—they did four hours, and it's thirteen and a half hours of content between the four episodes. <laughs> Whoa. I didn't listen to all of them. I only listened to the first two and then it was, oh, I got overwhelmed. You're like, I, <laughs> I only have to do like a 30 minute segment of yeah. this. Yeah. Maybe 45. It was, it was too much. It got maybe to be a two parter. Maybe a two parter. Hopefully this isn't turned into a two parter. <laughs> it's too scary to have it split into two parts. Yeah. Let's not. Uh, so I also watched the ghost adventures episode. Oh, okay. As well. Um, and I didn't know that BuzzFeed, they had a program called BuzzFeed Unsolved. Oh. That they would go and do kind of paranormal things. And that was kind of a fun one. It was a little more antagonistic than I like. It was a little aggressive when they were in the oh, house. Oh, they're and like, I didn't, are you going to hit me? Kind yeah. of. Yeah. I didn't. It's funny, but I didn't also care for it too much. But yeah. uh, we'll have links and stuff to you guys if you're I interested. Like to be you can go watch it. Respectful Especially of the dead. Whatever is in this house. Yeah. yeah. Well, and is it the dead or is it like demons? I'm pretty sure it's a demon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. a whole other level. It's a whole other thing. I... Let me just tell you about it. All right. Yeah. Let's. So come with me. We are going to go to Atchison, 
Atchison, Kansas, to 508 North 2nd Street. And this is known as the most haunted house in Atchison, in the most haunted city in Kansas, and probably one of the most haunted places in the entire United States. And I'm going to go out on a limb and just say this is probably one of the most haunted houses in the United States. Wait, did you say Kansas? You said Kentucky. Did I? Is it close? No, it's in Kentucky. Sorry, it's in Kansas. <laughs> you told me Kentucky. <laughs> We're in two places at once. That's Don't worry. I was like, it. well, wait a minute. Where does Kentucky come into play? <laughs> My bad. Rewind. Did you? It's in Kansas. <laughs> it's in Kansas. <laughs> My bad. Sorry, guys. We're not Sorry. in Kentucky anymore. We're not in Kentucky anymore. <laughs> I'll say home. I'll say home. No, not this place. <laughs> okay. I have only one, one fun fact. This is where Amelia Earhart, were, Earhart was born. This oh, okay. is my only fun fact. <laughs> well, fuck. I mean, her whole disappearance is clouded in a it's ton of pretty, mystery. Yeah. Yep. Wild. So this town, I don't know when it was founded, but in the mid-1800s, the land was being plotted and parceled out. And this guy named Michael Crow, Crowman Finney or MC Finney, everybody goes by initials, um, he bought plots 9 and 10. And between the years of 1867 and 1871, he had the house that would become 508 North 2nd Street built. Okay. And they actually, someone, a member of the Finney family lived in this house up until about 1939. So it was continuously habitated by someone in the Finney family for over 70 years. Uh, so they, in September of 1872, uh, MC Finney the guy that built the house died at 10 o'clock and okay. his was actually the first of quite a few deaths to happen in the house. Okay. He had a wife named Kate, uh, two sons, a daughter and a son on the way when he passed away. Oh, I, I'm not actually sure how, I'm not actually sure how old he was. Mm. Um, anyway, uh, so Kate's father would move in with them a little bit after this. And two years later in 1874, he also passed away in the house. Yikes. Okay. Yeah, Kate's son that she was pregnant with when her husband died, he was born, but unfortunately, he also passed away. Um, he died on September 29th, 1874. So the same year that her father died, her son died. Just a uh, two-year-old? Yeah. Oh. And so much. Already, there's so much death in this brand new house. Yikes. And the town, the house is actually, um, I believe that they're made of limestone. Limestone. I'll have to double check that, but it's a really porous stone, so it's going to hold on to all of this stuff that's happening in the house. Ugh. Yeah. So one of uh, MC Finney's sons, his name was Charles C. Finney, um, so C.C. C. Finney, and he was a doctor. And in this time, it was really common to practice medicine out of your home. And so his practice was in the basement of 508. And Looking into this, the first five pages of Google, every story, every, you know, program that I watched, they kind of have the same thing. And usually for your sake, I'll skip over something if it has to do with children. I can't skip over this one, so I apologize. Damn it. Okay. 
it's, I know you guys, not- I had to tell Haley like way back in the beginning. I'm like, if it's like babies getting eaten, please God, skip it. I don't need to know these evil things. Yeah. And it's so, not anything. I mean, it's terrible, but it's not babies it's not. getting eaten. <laughs> Thank no. you. But it is I, not to sugarcoat it, but it is not. It, anyway. Okay. Not great. It's not great. So this, Thank you for the, the story. Up. You're welcome. The story goes that, um, so he's got his doctor's practice in the basement. Um, and one evening, a mother shows up at his practice with her young daughter who has severe abdominal pains. Um, mm. They think that she has appendicitis and is already close to death. So either her appendix has ruptured or is about to rupture. And so he needs to operate on her to try to save her life. So yeah. the story gets a little bit murky and it's either he gave her um, – anesthesia and it didn't work all the way before he had to start operating or she was asleep and during the middle of the surgery woke up oh no either way she one of these two things happens she's screaming and i can't even imagine the agony and she dies on the operating table so this is so sad there's a lot of people that say that the entity that's in the house is this little girl that died but there have been people that have tried to find proof of this little girl existing yeah and or dying in the house and there is a little girl named sally that i'm going to tell you about but she doesn't die in the house so there isn't actually any record of anybody living in the house that died in the house or okay you know that died in the house not lived in the house died in the house by that name and it's spelled it's spelled very specifically it's s-a-l-l-i-e not with a y so it's very specific um so a lot of times if you do have a demon in your house it can pose as a person and a lot of times they will choose children and especially little girls because you know I don't know what it is that makes you want to help them. You want to help that child. Right. So you want to help them. So maybe it's both. Maybe there's a ghost. Maybe there's a demon. Maybe. Who knows? Black. Uh, Black. Black. So uh, let's see. We're going to jump to 1918. And Agnes Finney, who was MC Finney's daughter, also dies in the house. Her husband. Her husband. Um was he had a stroke um his name was william true and after being unconscious for three days he also died in the house (sighs) yeah um kate so he had purchased mc had purchased the land that was adjacent to it and his son built a house right next to them so there's two houses one's a uh like a brick house the one that we're talking about is a brick house the other one's like a clapboard house okay but his wife kate died in the adjacent house but these two houses are connected it it's almost like they have some kind of i don't even know spiritual tube i don't know what it is <laughs> like ghost can go tube. <laughs> They can go from house to house. What would no, you call not. it? Like a ghost water slide. No, I really like spiritual tube. <laughs> spiritual <That's> tube. God. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> I definitely imagine the cans, you know, with the string between them. 
<laughs> yeah. Spiritual tube. <laughs> I don't know why I said tube. I like, no, I like it. It's good. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, so a lot of the activity in the house would be focused towards men. Um, I'm not sure mm -hmm. if that has to do with MC being the one that was up or CC being the one that was operating on Sally when she died. I'm not sure. Mm. So between the years of 1958 and 1990, there's a lady that moves into the house and her name is Ethel Anderson. And she's in the house for about 32 years, but she doesn't actually report anything strange going on. The only thing that ha she experiences while she's in the house that she can explain is there's a fire in the nursery that just randomly starts and puts itself out. Weird. Okay. Kind of weird. So during 1990 to 1992, a family named the Humbards moved actually next door from 504 to 508. And they have a five-year-old daughter named Heather. And while they're living in the house, she has an imaginary friend named Sally. And mm. things would happen around the house and she would be like, I didn't do it. Sally did. Or she would say, Sally made me do it. Scary. Yeah. But so okay. later she would see a drawing that I'm going to tell you about the Pikmin family, Tony and Deborah. And Tony had drawn a picture of this little girl that he saw and he showed it to Heather. And she was like, That's Sally. That's exactly who was my You've little playmate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So <gasps> that just I'm going to. me chills. <laughs> yeah. And little kids, I mean, they're so much more open to. Yeah, they you know, don't know. What's actually, they don't have any idea. Uh, so I'm going to introduce you to the Pikmin family. And okay. they are the ones that experience this, all of the, what the house has to offer. <laughs> it's <laughs> not anything good. <laughs> you sound like a real estate agent. Here's what the house has to offer. What the house has to offer. Yep. Do you want some demons? <laughs> some go on ghostrealtor.com. <laughs> This house would sell in a heartbeat if it was on ghostrealtor.com. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. So Tony and Deborah Pickman move into the house in 1990. They're recently married. Deborah's three months pregnant. And they go and look at the house in December of 92. And Tony's brother actually lives next door in 504. Is and this the one with the tube? This is the this is the other adjacent tube house. Okay. Yep. So when Deborah went into the house the first time, she recalls the energy being really comforting and calm. I don't. Weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it was just maybe it was a sleep. I don't know. Mm. So they decided to run the house and they moved in on New Year's Eve 1992. They moved in with three cats and a dog named Sasha. The activity in the house begins almost immediately. Sasha wow. refused to go in the nursery. She'd growl at things. And she was, they described her as a really laid back, good dog. Right. And so in the beginning, when they first moved in, they would be saying, Tony and Deborah would be sitting on the couch in the living room and they'd notice that the lights would get dim. I don't need to remind you that this is, this house is old as fuck. Yeah. It doesn't have dimming switches. It doesn't, you know, but they would watch the lights get really, really bright and then it'd get really dim. And this would happen for five minutes at a time. Mm -mm. So Tony actually joked one night, we must have a ghost. Little Tony. Tony. Would you say something like that? <laughs> I am sure he probably regretted it. Mm -hmm. So they would have they had fans in the living room with little wooden balls on the ends, and it would to him he said it would look like somebody was standing underneath them, just like 
tapping them and they would bounce up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, so it got to a point that they called their landlord and said, you have an electrical short somewhere. Like you need to come. Could you just call somebody and have them come out and check it out? Mm-hmm. So they have an electrician come over to try to find a short or maybe there's something wrong with the wiring. Zero. There's nothing, nothing. wrong with it. There's nothing. So after this, they start to experience cold spots in the house. And this isn't just like, oh, the air conditioners are on. It was 40 degrees difference. <gasps> Super drastic. Whoa. Yeah. yeah, that's a big difference. That's a, that's a big difference. difference. The timer in the kitchen would malfunction. So they had one of those old school ovens with the timer like that, you yeah. know, you know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Um, so one day Deborah's in the kitchen and she's baking a cake and she looks at the time and it says that it has four minutes left. So she looks at her own watch to make a note like, hey, if I leave, I've only got this much time. Um, and she's cleaning the counter. She's doing other stuff. And she looks at the watch or she looks at the timer again. And it says 14 minutes. So something weird's happening. Something's going on. She would not even be in the kitchen and the timer would go off. They had friends over and nobody had been in the kitchen for hours and the timer went off. And their friend even said, nobody's been in the kitchen for hours. So Tony one day was like, we'll just disconnect it. That was the last time it ever malfunctioned. It never malfunctioned again. (sighs) Something's listening to them while they're in the house. Yuck. Yuck. You could have just said like, you know, and then it just stopped not being stopped going on. No, you <laughs> well, had to say that? something's listening. It is. Ugh. Something's in the house listening. So their son, Taylor, was born at the end of June 1993. And, I mean, you're a mom. You know that sometimes babies have a tough time getting into sleep schedules. But mm-hmm. I feel like maybe eventually they kind of do get into a sleep pattern, you know? Depends on the baby. But, yeah, it's pretty common. That pretty common. Yeah. Eventually. He wouldn't. He didn't. It was almost like somebody was waking him up to play with him. Like, <sighs> yeah. So um, Tony would go upstairs. So, well, hang on. Let me backtrack. Deborah's sister came out to help her with the baby. And they had gone out to get dinner and to pick up a movie. And they come back home to, you know, settle down for the night and tony goes upstairs to put the baby carrier away and he walks by the nursery and the lights on and in the middle of the room in a circle are three stuffed animals and so he just thinks oh yeah deborah and her sister's upstairs playing with the baby earlier so he yells down to him like hey you know were you guys up here earlier in the nursery and they weren't they didn't have any of the stuffed animals down they weren't playing with the baby and so he thought that maybe it was his brother because his brother still lived next door and he thought that maybe his brother was playing a prank so they he puts the toys away turns the light off and um there i believe that he called them the two deborah and his her sister upstairs and so they put the toys away they turn the light off they go downstairs and they get to the bottom of the stairs and they hear the light turn back on and so they look and the lights on so they all go back upstairs and the same three toys are on the floor in a no. circle like yeah. black <laughs> so <laughs> that's that was when they kind of it really freaked them out that's when it started they knew that something was going on and it's so funny because they talk about you know they slept they all slept together in the master bedroom it's 
probably not even 10 feet away. It's right across the hall. Right. So they said that they just felt a lot safer. So they all just slept in the their master bedroom, you know? Yeah. But that doesn't make any sense because they can go. Ghosts can go wherever the fuck they want. Spirits can go wherever they want. <laughs> it just kind of made me laugh. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, the experience I've had, there are portions that feel better than others. Yeah. Even in the same house. So even in the same house. Uh like, yeah. I've been yeah. in a house where upstairs was that not one good. instance. That one instance. Like you know what I'm talking about. And I walked upstairs you know, and I was like, Yep. I'm stuck here. Yep. Yeah, that was wild. That was one of the so most wild experiences there are places I've like, ever. Yeah. You're not the only one either. So this I guess we should tell people we what we're probably talking about. So just the house that I grew up with grew up in was definitely um, haunted or had some sort of just negative energy attached to it. And multiple people without being talked to about it have told me after my dad moved out of that house, they were like, oh, yeah, the upstairs was terrifying. Yeah. And Haley has told me this. Uh, Uncle B told me this when he visited. Really? Yes. Um Ooh. And then, yeah, so everybody was like, oh, yeah, that upstairs, right? And it's – everybody knows what we're talking about. Everybody knows the feeling. It's just – it was just icky. So Yeah, that was why That was one of the most wild experiences because I had no idea, you know. No. And as soon as I got to the top of the stairs, I think I stood there for probably five minutes. Yeah. And just was trying to figure out what the fuck was going on. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. So anyway, <laughs> maybe the master Spooky. bedroom did but feel no, better. I mean, maybe it did. It's really possible. Yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe that 10, you know, that 10 feet made a big difference. Yeah. I don't know. But Oof. there's, there's definitely this room's, I don't think that there's a single safe place in this house. Yeah. Cause okay. there's shit that happens in this room. I mean, there's shit that happens all over in this house. Um, so the next day after the nursery incident, Tony's brother comes over with a camera and he goes in the nursery and he asks, do you want to have your picture taken? Why the fuck would you do that? Ew. Anyway, right as he snaps the picture, the bear in the middle of the floor spins around. And you can see it in the picture. You can see the blur from the stuffed animal. There's nobody touching it. There's nobody around uh -uh. it. Blick. So things escalate. TVs in the house would turn on. The stereo would turn on just randomly. Um, they had electronic baby toys. They would turn on. Music would play from them. Um, the mobile above the baby's bed would spin mm -mm. just randomly. And the music would play randomly. So it got to the point that um, there are pictures of Deborah, And I believe they're at Christmas time. But her face is totally blurred. And it, it's like somebody is like either like putting something in front of her face, like a hand or an arm. Right. Um, there's a picture in the nursery and there's this huge black mass. No. I don't know if it's a shadow person. I don't. I mean, it's really possible, you know, mm -hmm. I, I don't have any idea. But that actually shows up in quite a few of their pictures. Um, going upstairs, they had lined that wall with pictures of their family they would wake up in the morning and every single picture would be turned upside down. <gasps> Shit just escalates. Yeah, it gets out of control. 
So um, the majority of the activity is centered on Tony and it doesn't really bother Deborah. Um, she wouldn't have any problems with Sally if she was firm with her, which is kind of creepy. Mm -hmm. um, but she is the kind of person that wants to know more about things and, you know, do research about stuff. And it was like, this didn't even interest her. It didn't even phase her. It, it was a whole different type of, I don't want to say possession, but it was a whole different, it gave her a whole different like outlook on the whole house, things that were happening with Tony. Like she brushed it off mm -hmm. and she'd have explanations for things that was happening to him. Um, Weird. Some of the other things that would happen is they would have, they'd have candlesticks and the candlesticks would light all of a sudden. There would be random fires that started um, oh. and they would be huge fires, like a two, a two to six inch flame, like from a blowtorch, right? That's right. what I think of. Right. But it would just randomly start. <gasps> <laughs> yeah. Other people in the house fucking saw this shit too. No. Yeah. So uh -uh. it got to the point that Tony could hear like running in the house and it sounded like they described it as like little kids running around and he would hear giggling, but he thought it was the cats. And so he got fed up one night. He was like, this, this shit's got to stop. So he goes out onto their kind of like a breezeway. I don't, I don't kind of, I guess a landing, not a breezeway, but a landing on the stairs. Mm -hmm. And he goes out there and he feels this breeze go by him and giggling and footsteps but no cats Ugh. so yeah um so tony's brother he finally tells his brother he's like you know something's going on he's like i have a friend that's a psychic her name's barbara connor and she comes over to the house in july of 1993 and she's the first person to confirm that there's a spirit of a little girl in the house and her name's sally and she wants to protect taylor she's really attached to taylor their baby and she wants to protect him I don't know from what, but that's the word they use is protect him. Okay. Um, the first physical thing that happens to Tony, <laughs> and I shouldn't laugh, but he got bit right under his butt cheek. <gasps> he got bit. No. <laughs> under his butt cheek. But you got to think, if it is a spirit of a little girl, and he kind of tried to like ignore her for all these, you know, he wasn't, yeah. he wasn't paying attention to it. He was trying to brush it off that no, you know, there's not really actually anything going on. But he runs up to Deborah and he shows her and she laughs at him like I did, unfortunately. And but their teeth marks right on his right under his butt cheek and they're oh. too small to be an adult. <gasps> so if it's not a little girl, what is Who the it? heck did it? Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. No. So one morning at 730, he gets home from work. It's October 31st. 1993 uh -huh. and he gets home from work and he goes into the kitchen and gets pours himself a glass of orange juice he turns around and standing in front of the door to the basement is a little girl <gasps> and he thinks to himself huh like that's an old dress that she has on and she has a bow in her hair and then he realizes holy shit i can see the door through her <laughs> <gasps> So he said that when she looks at him, it's like that she's seen a ghost. She looks surprised. So I don't know if it's just that maybe she actually was able to muster enough energy and she manifested herself and was like, holy shit, it worked. It worked. Right. Or maybe it was all part of the thing to try to appear more innocent more and innocent. Mm -hmm, more I need your help. So... Uh, there would be times that he would see someone that looked like Deborah 
walk by the doorway and he'd call out to her and nobody would answer. Yeah, or she'd answer from downstairs or she wouldn't even be home. Yeah. So it's shown itself as Sally. It's shown itself as this woman now that kind of looks like Deborah. And I mean, again, still Deborah's not having the same experiences in the house. These things are not like nothing's happening. She's, you know, it's fine. Um, and she's just blowing off the things that he's telling her like, oh, you know, you're working really long hours. You're probably really tired. You're not getting enough sleep. And um, Tony kept trying to tell her like, there's something going on in the house. Um, it gets to the point that he starts to hear scratching in the, in, in the walls. And he said it sounded like six or seven people all at once trying to talk to him and get his attention. But it wasn't like you could understand. He couldn't, he said he couldn't understand what they were saying, but it was like, they were all whispering at the same time. No. Mm -hmm. And then they would start. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's going to get worse. Now it's going to get worse. So one day he's taking a nap and he wakes up and he looks at the end of the bed. And you know, when you look, if there's a window and you can see the dust motes kind of in the light, yeah. they came together and formed a person. They formed <gasps> a woman. And he, he said that she looked like the shopkeeper's wife from Little House on the Prairie. So he says that she, he remembers that she had on a black dress and this really ornate brooch. And she floats to the side of the bed. And while this is going on, they have this hybrid dresser in the room. And the drawers, everything's banging and opening and banging and opening. And he's flipping his, sh- like, rightfully so. I would be flipping my shit, too. Oh, I'd she be, just like, keeps dead. I just. Yeah. Yep. So the full top of this fucking high boy picks up off the base, turns around, slams back down. And she's to the side of him. And she reaches out to him and she grabs his arm and she screams in his face i'm gonna and then at the end of her arm there's this huge blackbird that shows up and she just disappears and he wakes up and he well he's awake he didn't wake up he like he said he like slid out of bed like he couldn't breathe he couldn't stand up and he crawls to the door and opens the door and deborah like is got the baby and she's standing on the other side and she's like, what is the matter? And he's like, could you not hear all of that? He said it was so loud. He said it sounded like world war three. She didn't hear a single thing. The only thing she heard was him yelling out to her like Deborah, Deborah. And he is, he's trying to call her and she can't hear him. And she's <sighs> like, I didn't hear anything. It's just bananas. She's like, you're crazy. You're I mean, crazy. honestly. You would think that, right? What you would, would think you think maybe, if your spouse right? was like seeing shit? Well, and right? he thought that too. He thought that maybe he was having like a schizophrenic episode or yeah. you know, that there was seriously something going on. And he had a bunch of tests done. They all wow. came back. He was perfectly sane. He was, there was nothing going on. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it just gets worse. So there's a TV show called Sightings back in the 90s. I never watched it. I don't know if maybe some of our listeners have. Um, but I they, I think little. they, yeah, I was, and it probably, I don't think my parents would have let me watch this, but um, they were, I think they kind of focused more on paranormal things. So they come to the house to investigate 
what's happening. And um, they have this guy named Al Rober, and he's a renowned ghost investigator. And they do some video. Um, they take some video in the house, and they take all this evidence to a guy named Carrie Gaynor, who's a parapsychologist. And he actually is the lead on this um, segment, I guess, that they do for the show mm-hmm. on the entity and the poltergeist activity that's happening in the house. So they're finding cold spots. And while they're filming it, Tony's getting scratched on his arms and his back and his chest. And, oh, man. So there's one part that he's sitting in a rocking chair and he's got people around him. And it's night, of course. And he has his shirt unbuttoned. And you can hear Deborah in the background he he gets scratched and you can hear deborah in the background go sally what did i tell you (gasps) it's so gross i don't know why that creeps me out so much but she's like telling this entity not to scratch her husband anymore but it's still doing it and she doesn't it's not like registering with her it's just creepy so anytime that Tony had to get up and go pee or, you know, leave the room, they'd check his body to see if he had any scratches. And then when he'd come back, they'd check him to make sure he hadn't, like, scratched himself. And it never had happened that he'd never scratched himself. But it got to the point that it was so bad that he was bleeding. <sighs> like, the scratches would become so bad. And um, so a lot of the times they were three parallel scratches, which is a sign of the mocking of the Trinity if it's a demon. Right. A lot of them were, some of them would be, um, well, hang on, jumping ahead. Hang on. Um, so the show calls this guy named Peter Gaines and he's a psychic. <laughs> you need to, okay, I'll put, we'll put a link to this YouTube section of sightings no. in our website. Have fun. <laughs> Go for it. This guy comes to the house. He doesn't know anything about the family. He doesn't know anything about the house. He walks up to the house and he looks up at the window, the second story window. And he's like, I know there's a little boy in the house, but who's the little girl? And he said that he can see her looking at him from the second story window. So, yeah, there's a part where they're in the house and it's the... (laughs) It is the creepiest fucking thing I've seen in a really long time. But he's standing at the bottom of the stairs and he points and he whispers and he's like, there's a little girl that's standing right there, right at the top of the stairs. And then the normal voice, like he's talking to you or me. He's like, hello, hello, Sally. Is that you? Can you speak to me? Is your name Sally? Sally? Okay. So he, he can see this entity or this little girl and he he goes upstairs and he's standing in the master bedroom and he says he starts to feel resistance and he starts to get really uncomfortable and tony starts getting really uncomfortable and peter tries to tell him it's okay you're in control no offense sir bullshit he's none of you are in control of anything that's going on in this house yeah none right. of you no. no no yeah this thing is much older than any of us um Ugh. but Tony starts to say, you know, like my back's really hurting. My back's starting to hurt. And so Deborah lifts his shirt up and on the back, on his back is scratched in the initials MC. It's <sighs> plain day. Like you can absolutely tell it's MC. Yeah. Look. So it gets to this point that 
Peter James takes the sighting crew out to the cemetery and they, he takes them right up to this plot and the headstones so weathered that they can't read it, but they go back through um, records and they find out that a little girl is buried here, that her name is Sally Isabel Hall. She died in 1905, but the records show that she died in her home at 821 North First Street on the 23rd of February from a complication of diseases. So I don't know if maybe this is the same girl the spirit of the little girl that's in the house, but I'm not sure why they would state that she died in her home if she died at the doctor's office. Right. I don't know if that's some kind of formality that they do. I I mean, I'm not sure. So there is a little girl that- Or maybe, you know, there wasn't anything he could do and she went home. I don't know. Maybe. That's also possible. I'm not sure. But there, I mean, they did find record that this plot that he took them right to, there's a little girl named Sally. That's buried there. Jeez. Ugh. Yeah. So it gets to the point that paranormal goes completely paranormal activity, like full paranormal activity. They have cameras set up. They brought in like half a million dollars worth of equipment to try to figure out what the fuck is going on in this house. So there's a lot of times that they're recording at night and Terry's getting, or uh, Tony, sorry, not Terry. Tony's getting scratched. And wrong paranormal story, Haley. Wrong paranormal story. And let's see. Um, oh, one crazy thing. So they're they're editing some of these videos and they find this like rumbling sound that Ugh. happens in it. And they take it to this guy named Rick Wilson and he's a forensic audio specialist. And he had this to say. When you look for a lot of the characteristics that would immediately identify it as a definitely mechanical sound as a definitely electronic sound, those are ruled out. See, one thing that makes this sound interesting and eliminates a lot of the possibilities right off the bat is that above 500 hertz, there's just nothing there. There's nothing in this sound. There is a lot of background noise, and that's constant before and after the sound. But when this sound comes in, it's all low frequency, and that's it. And we in our human bodies cannot make that sound. <sighs> <laughs> yeah Blech. so they have this older lady she's an evp specialist which is so cool i didn't even know that was a thing um but she's been investigating and analyzing electronic voice phenomenon her name's sarah Ep s e step sarah e step and she's been doing this for over 18 years and when she listens to this sound she says she's never heard anything like it before Yuck. So um, I have to keep looking behind me because I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's <gasps> nothing behind you. I'll tell you if I see something. I'll tell you. Uh, let's see. Let me. Um, they did get to a point where Tony and Deborah wanted to have an exorcism. I don't think it worked, to be totally honest. Um, but before they moved out of the house, it got it got so bad that he was having really negative thoughts towards Deborah. And um, he would hear these voices in the house and it would whisper to him that he should kill his wife. <sighs> that he should he just wanted to hurt her and he felt like he so he explained it that he felt really jealous but it felt like he was being possessed when he was in the side the house like they would leave and go on a date or something and they would talk about what was happening he was like you know and they would be able to have this co a normal conversation about it but as soon as they'd get back in the house it was like something i don't want to leave yeah i don't it's okay i don't want to leave like really paranormal activity kind yeah. of shit going on so let's see. Um, so the last time that Tony 
saw the entity in the house so originally way back when on halloween when he was getting a glass of orange juice he saw it as a little girl then it would show up as that woman that looked like his wife and then yeah. it showed up as that old woman in his bedroom the last time he saw it it he said that he woke up and it was sally the little girl but it like came up the side of his bed and she's reaching for his arm and she's reaching for his arm and she finally gets his arm. She like finally gets her hand in his arm mm. and it, it like lets out this horrible growl and it changes. It's like down on all fours. It was hunched over. He said it looked like it was part human, part animal. And he said that he could see it looked like it was rotten and it had worms moving inside of it. Like that's not a fucking girl. That's Ew. I don't care who you are. That's a fucking demon. Ew. Yeah. So finally, you know, Deborah's like, yeah, there's something going on in this house. Tony almost gets thrown over the balcony from the second floor. Like he gets shoved so hard that he almost goes over the balcony, broke a couple of the rungs on the balcony. And they moved out of the house about nine blocks away. That's not far enough. In not far enough. Not oh. far enough. No. No, I'd be like, we're leaving. We're moving to Florida. We're moving like, across could, the country. It's got to be better country. than this. Yeah. Like we're yep. moving to the beach. Mm-hmm. Shit no. doesn't stop. It doesn't <gasps> stop. And even to this day, he says, you know, the Ghost Adventures one, I think it was like 2017 or 18. I'm not sure. We'll have to check that. But they get him to go to the house again. And he tells them, like, there's always a draw. Like, I have to fight it every day. There's something that wants me to come back to this house. But they would have things go missing at their new house and show back up like they'd been melted or burned. Their TV remote got like weirdly misshapen and looked like it was burned. They had a pen that got lost and it showed back up. It was all bent and burned. Um, he, Tony has caught on fire in his new house while he's taking a nap. His kids have seen this shit happen. Um, there was an instance where a knife came flying out of his current kitchen and passed so close to him that it cut his shirt and, like, left a small nick in his chest. <gasps> Shit is bananas. Like, I don't know why he – nine blocks away is not far enough. No. You need to move further away. You need to move. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. So the house has been investigated by A&E, the Travel Channel, the Sci-Fi, Discovery Channel. People have Everybody. gone in. Everybody has come. There's been so many people. I mean, holy cow, there's so many things on YouTube about, like, just you know private investigating teams going in um yeah. they'll usually find cold spots people get really bad headaches they'll get nauseous some people will get scratches they get evps um mm -hmm. there's orbs in the house um when buzzfeed unsolved was in there they had one that said more whiskey and see any ghosts <laughs> um i feel like i've seen the ghost adventures on this one it's Did actually not a bad one. Uh, I'm not, I can't remember if he, somebody got scratched. Yes. Um, and this one, I didn't actually mind it because I feel like in the beginning of the show, he was a lot more antagonistic and a lot more like, oh, come and get me. Is that the uh, Zach Baggins one? Yeah. 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 This yeah. Is that It must have been that one because I feel like I just watched a clip the other day where he got scratched. I don't know that it was him in this particular episode, but oh. he was actually a lot more respectful than I've seen him yeah. in other episodes, which I actually really appreciated because the BuzzFeed Unsolved one kind of annoyed me yeah. because they were a little bit too, a little too much for me. Yeah. Um, but they, uh, they do offer tours as well <laughs> as overnight stays 
if you're willing and brave enough to go after every crazy thing I've told you that happens in this house. (laughs) I would be like, if someone ever was like, guess what? We're going to do a ghost sleepover. I'd be like, as long as it's not the Sally house. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know me at all. And our next, please. I'm sorry. Can I sleep in the car? Is that yeah, okay? No, I'd be like, we're no longer friends. <laughs> yeah, that I don't think I it. ever want to go in this house, but that's the Sally house. That's what I Ugh, got for you. I'm yeah. sorry it was so scary, and I'm sorry it was so long. No, it's okay. I love ghost stories. So my husband got a soda stream for Christmas. Yeah. And we're big sparkling water drinkers. Like we have always had sparkling water. And I was like, oh, you can just do this at home. I don't know why it took me so long to get on this train. The soda stream. Yeah. I was like, oh, he would fucking love that. I felt like I just like killed Christmas for him. Like I got him endless sparkling water. Cool. And I win. <laughs> I win. I love it. But now I've been using it. constantly it's so good it's like fresh bubbly and i've been like just adding like lime juice just plain lime juice and it's just like ah crisp Ah. so refreshing so refreshing oh that sounds delicious we used to have a soda stream and we didn't use it enough but i i also feel like we weren't really into sparkling water then and now we're not probably as deep into it as your husband but uh We do enjoy well, some sparkling water. If SodaStream ever wants to sponsor us, shout out. We're the people to do it. We're the people. Or at least me. I'm the people we to can, do it. We can definitely move some units for you guys. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> just send me just send me refillable <laughs> CO2 cartridges as payments. No problem. That'll that's be it. that'll be payment. That's all enough. I need. Just send me once a month, send me a cartridge. <laughs> And I will talk about oh your product gosh. forever. Forever. Day and night. So, anyway. <laughs> That's, That's perfect. Soda stream story for That's you. That's perfect. Yeah, I figured maybe if we just start like shouting out things that we like, maybe somebody will be like, oh, hey. Oh, hey. I know. We have an ad for you. Okay. Well, so today I'm doing, I'm actually going to do a two-part episode. Two-parter. And- Yeah, it's a two-parter because it's kind of a large topic, and I want to do a little bit more focus on the thing I'm talking about today. So, Wait, I want to guess. I want to guess. Okay, guess. Because you said that you you knew a lot about it. Yeah. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's maybe something with Greek mythology. Maybe. Yeah. I feel like you're a walking encyclopedia of everything that is Greek mythology. That is so (laughs) kind of you to say, but it is far from the truth. I, there is part of me. I love Greek mythology. It's like definitely the first thing that drove me to dive into any kind of mythology. It's just fascinating to me. And so I, yeah, I, it's definitely one of my favorite topics of mythology. And so I hold on to the information because it interests me. You know, yeah. you could I could learn about something that I'm not interested in and I could never repeat those facts, right? And so yeah. it's like I just anything I hear, I just I, it, it sticks. You're like a sponge. I like it. 
So yes. you like it so much. <laughs> I like it so much. So, but no, actually I was talking to my brother and he's like, you should do some Greek mythology, but do it a little bit more chronologically. So people who don't know a lot about Greek mythology can learn like how it all started and yeah. what that looks like. So the first like kind of big topic that I'm going to cover is actually the Titanomachy, which is the rise and fall of the Titans. What this means is like in the Greek pantheon, pantheon, I had to look up the definition. It's a religious gathering or a group, right? So uh -huh. gods yeah. would be a pantheon, right? And so in, there are three, actually three generations of Greek pantheon rulers, chair members. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. Chair members. CEOs. I don't I know. I like to call this meeting too. Board members. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> We'd like to call, the, call this meeting to order. <laughs> yes. So the Titans are actually the second generation. So first generation, we have to go back a, even a little bit further. And this is also an entire two episodes on its own is like kind of the creation myth and Greek yeah. mythology, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give a high level um, of the first generation in the Greek pantheon. And they are called the Protignoi. Um, and there's like 15 of them, I think. Okay. In the grand scheme of things. So yeah. it's a lot, but I'm today we're talking Titans. So we're yes. not talking about Protognoi. We're talking about just the major players. So okay. first and foremost, we have Gaia, who is mother earth. Um, yes. but she's the goddess of the earth or mother goddess, because she is actually one of the first born deities. So, so her and four others were actually the original gods. Well, there's the four like firstborn deities, right? And they're kind of, and these gods are equated to a region of the cosmos. Okay. So Gaia is the personific personification of earth, mm -hmm. right? And so she actually births the sky, which is now our second player in this, Uranus. And that is the god of the heavens and sky, the cosmos. He's also known as the supreme deity. Um, and as I said, he's born of Gaia, but with no father. He, She just produces oh, him. Okay. And so earth and sky up and down and all that good stuff, right? Yeah. So these two are actually... They fall in love. Not really fall in love. There's really just nobody else to screw. <laughs> so, and Gaia, so she's actually, she has the most ancestry of all of the gods because she's pretty much the source of almost everybody. Yeah. You know, there's a couple mm -hmm. like side quest people. But she's and, the, she's but mother. She's the main, yeah, she's the main giver of life. So, yeah. ultimate giver of life life giver yeah yeah either one I was thinking about that. have you seen those <laughs> comics strange planet huh oh oh yeah no i have with the little aliens right yes yes, yes. my yes. favorite one is when he's <laughs> laying in bed eating cookies or chips and then he gets up and there's crumbs in the bed and he calls <laughs> and he's like hello life giver I'm sorry, I never listened to you. <laughs> he's like, he's Life like giver. vacuuming the crumbs out of the bed, and I was just like, oh my god! I changed my mom's 
phone number immediately life to giver? life giver oh like, my gosh that's perfect so, <laughs> so gaia ultimate life giver ultimate life giver um gaia and uranus have three sets of children okay the first set is the cyclopes so okay. their names are brontus argus and steropes and they are one-eyed giant men right okay um the second is the Hecatonchires, and they are Verates, Caudus, and oh, geez, I have so many of these down, but this one is G Y G E S. Gyges? 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 Maybe Gyges? Sure. sure. Whichever um, you said. That yeah. Guy. So Hecatonchires yeah. is actually one of my favorite names of all of them because it's just such a fun word to say. Well, and when you look at it, you're like, how is that supposed to come out of my mouth? Yeah, it's honestly, very... it always gets me. And the first time I heard the way it's actually supposed to be pronounced, it was yeah. like fucking fireworks went off in my head. I was like, finally, I You're understand. like, no way. That's how with that. I know. It always oh, makes me think Stephen of Tonka Fry truck. again. I know. He's the only reason I know how to say anything, any <laughs> names at all. Um. So the Hecaton Kires are actually – that translates to 100 or 100 handed ones. So they have a hundred hands between the three of them. No, four. no, no, no. Per, 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 being. per, per unit. <laughs> per unit. 100 hands <laughs> and 50 heads. And she oh, gave birth to three of them and they're actually wow. giants. Wow. So this is like. Ugh. And also, you guys will definitely have pictures of the Hecaton Carries because every version of them, there's just no pretty way to illustrate a hundred nope. hands and hundred yeah. It's yeah. just ugh. I've seen them where they're just like too blobs, much. <gasps> you know, because it's just too much. It's too much. So, it's like, but there are they like fingers poking out of the blob, like right, like. <laughs> Well, it's arms too, you know. So I've seen it where it's like hands, but then also like arms. It's it made me think of those those doctor gloves that you blow up when the fingers pop out. Yeah. Like and it's like boop. Boop. <laughs> um so I do want to have a, a little bit of a disclaimer here because I did my research in a few different places. So I listen to mythology podcasts. It's one of my favorites to go to because they tell the story like as they're telling the story with characters and acting and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I also, of course, I read Mythos, which we talk about all the time. Um, and then I just – I did some also light internet research. <laughs> <laughs> now, with that being said, Mythos and Mythology podcast, they have different versions of sure. these things. So, and that's kind of a lot of mythology. It's how it was interpreted and who interpreted it and what poem or myth did it come from. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk a little bit about what I found, and I know that some of it's gonna be a little bit different. Um so I kind of have some like parallels, like this might have happened or this might have happened. Yeah. So this first section. So he's so Uranus sees these creatures and he notices how large they are, and mm -hmm. everybody's super concerned about maintaining power, right? And he's the almighty, he is the top supreme god. So he's like, I don't need anything to get in the way of me being all powerful. 
So he sees that his sons, all of them are male. Um, he sees that his sons between the Hecatonchires and the Cyclopes, that they're large and kind of scary. And he's like, nah, we're not messing with this. So there's one part, there's one myth that says he forces them back into his their mother, Gaia, mm. to imprison them to be hidden away. Yikes. There's another version that says he traps them in Tartarus. And I'll talk about more about Tartarus later. Um, so those are kind of our parallels. Like either way, Gaia's not happy about yeah. it. But she's yeah. like, okay, you know, it kind is what dick. it is. Yeah. It's yeah, it is what it is at this point. Then come the third batch of children. And this is where the Titans come into play. So there are 12 Titans. And they are the first generation of Titans. So there's actually a whole second generation of Titans that we'll talk about probably in our next part because they don't really come into play until the actual war for gotcha. kind of thing. Okay. Um, so there are six males and six females. Our two biggest players in the first generation of Titans are Kronos, um, who's the god of time. And he's actually... He's meant to be, like, very strong and superhuman. But I also read that, like, compared to Zeus, like, later, spoiler alert, he's, <laughs> he's like, not as strong as some of the Olympians ended up being. Oh, so, interesting. I, which I was, like, yeah, really taken aback by that. Yeah. Because I was, you know, you think Titan. Yeah. And that's kind of an indestructible force in my head. Yeah. Right? So anyway, um, so we've got Kronos and then we've got Rhea, who is the goddess of fertility and motherhood. And her names um, means flow and ease, which makes a lot of sense mm -hmm. with fertility and childbirth, all that good thing. Um, so we've got Ipetus. Yeah, Ipetus. Um, He's the god of mortality. Neosim is the goddess of memory. Hyperion is the god of the sun and the moon. Theia or Theia. <laughs> Theia. Theia. Or Theia. Probably that. Um, she's the goddess of sight. Um, Themis is the goddess of divine law and order. Law and order. Inquiry. Sight. When you say sight, do you mean like like visions? Or do you mean like I'm see I look at you with my eyeballs. Um, I would think future. Oh, okay. You know, like yeah. vision. Like I had like I was able to see or, into the future or yeah, but yeah. we'll okay. fact check it. Okay. Fact Just curious. Check it. Just a curious. I didn't do as deep a dive with the yeah, lesser no, players I was just in curious. this one. But I wasn't yeah, sure no. if it was like sight like I can see you, or if well, it was sight like I had a vision. Yeah, it might. I don't think it's I can see you, but maybe it. <laughs> hey, you never know. <laughs> maybe that was a stupid question. Because, well, because she's at her sister Phoebe, who's the goddess of prophecy. So, oh, to me, that would be pretty similar. Or maybe sight is like she can see things that are going to happen to people, like right. Or and like, Phoebe's like like about Here's them, this yeah, and, thing yeah. that okay, could possibly maybe. be with all these sure. contributing mm -hmm. factors. I don't know. Maybe maybe they're super close. So Themis goddess of divine law and order or justice um creus is the god of constellations oceanus is the god of what do you think probably dirt 
out Rock of water. Singing? Dirt. <laughs> Dirt. This is um, <laughs> Tethys um, is the goddess of the sea. Koyos is the god of intellect, but he's also the grandfather of Apollo and Artemis, who eventually make it into the third generation of the Greek pantheon. So just a fun fact. And then Phoebe, like we said earlier, is the goddess of prophecy. So all these kiddos are born and Uranus is like, oh, they're pretty for one. The the looks was definitely <laughs> a contributing factor. He's like, they're pretty. And this is where one of my stories was a little bit different depending on where I read it. It was like, he was either less threatened by these children because they weren't giants or they weren't as big as their brothers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, literally there was a version where I was like, oh, they're much prettier to look at. Like, I don't think they can ever overthrow me. He's just, like, totally unassuming. Oh. They can't do anything. So they're allowed to roam free. Yeah. This pisses Gaia off to be – to no end because she then – her other children are imprisoned. Yeah, and now he's just letting these Titan children walk around because and they're, they're pretty. Their they're... She's like, no, 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 no. If all of my, if any of my children are free, all of my children should be free. Mm-hmm. So she actually turns to um, her Titan children for help. So at this point, Uranus is a unfair ruler. He's kind of, he's definitely cruel. You know, yeah. like he's passed yeah. away his own children kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, and she asks them for help. And she says, you know, hey, I really would like somebody to volunteer to help me overthrow Euronos because X, Y, and Z. Because he's a and dick. She, yeah, because he's a dick, of course. <laughs> he's never had any kind of competition. No. Super threatened. Yeah. So she actually has – she brings out an adamantine sickle, which means unbreakable sickle. And the sickle is meant to remove their father's manhood so he can no longer have this claim that apparently a penis and balls lets you have. Uh, <laughs> and I also wrote – I'm like, I'm not sure why it had to be unbreakable, but, you know, Gaia would know. Gaia would know. So, you know, there you go. So 11 of the 12 don't offer to help. They kind of just stand there gawking, like, what are we going to do? And then Kronos, he's like, hey, I feel that my father is an unfair and unjust ruler, and I think I can do better. So I'm going to do this for you, mother. Like, what's the plan? So he waits for Uranus to come to his mother in their bedchamber or whatever the hell that looks like when the sky and the <laughs> earth come together. <laughs> like, I don't know. So anyway, I have to stop picturing them as because I sometimes I picture her as actual planet Earth. <laughs> so I definitely she, like, do rolls too. into the bedroom. <laughs> right. Like, but also like, she's surrounded by him yeah, already. So aren't they always doing it? Like, yeah, I don't know. All I don't the know. Time. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but then I'm like, wait, these are the personifications of these things. Yes. They're not actually these things. No. But they are. It's but funny not, though, in my it, mind. <laughs> it's just a ball. 
Yeah, just a ball, That's like air. yeah, you know those those balls that they give you, like the squishy balls that those have earth painted balls. on them or whatever. And she just like bounces into the magic. I'm like, hey, <laughs> what's up? <laughs> oh my god! So, but he comes to her. Kronos knows the plan. He's lying in wait, and as Uranus comes to his his wife Gaia or his lady love, I don't know if they're considered wife, but whatever. He then proceeds. Kronos proceeds to whack off, slice. One fell swoop. One fell swoop cuts off his father's genitals and then takes it and throws it into the sea. And he's a titan, so it's like long, long, long shot. around the whole side of the earth. It's way down south. Yeah. Yeah. From way down south. (laughs) From way down south. (laughs) So anyway, he tosses it. And as like the genitals are flying, there's blood flying and like. It said that the nymphs came from the blood that spattered yeah. on the earth. And, and it's the whole balls. The oh, whole yeah. It's, it's all the, the genitals. It's, it's the penis whole and balls. Every, there's no redeeming there's factor nothing after left. it's okay. gone. All right. No. I just I didn't know if it was just penis, if it was no. just balls. It's a crushing, gotcha. crushing Everything. loss. For sure Europe. it is. <laughs> so actually when his genitals land in the ocean it bubbles and spews and the blood and semen and the seawater all connect and commingle together and they actually create and birth aphrodite like a grown-ass woman just comes out of the ocean in the middle of fucking nowhere and she's actually the future olympian goddess of love i have a question I love questions. I'm sorry. I have a lot, actually. No, I, I like apologize. it. Ish, so is Gaia her mother because she came from the ocean or is the other Titan her mother because she came from the ocean? It's not I, said. We'll have to like when we talk about Aphrodite, go yeah. into it a little okay. bit more. But I, I'm pretty sure it is just like she Uranus just came into just, being. Yeah. yeah. And he's not really her father either. Yeah. It's like she was created yeah, he, from yeah, ingredients. True. She's more like a magic potion <laughs> ever done the magic potion i don't know no it sounds That's good i like it i like so, it okay i just was curious More i love when you're curious um okay so before stepping down because he is now too weak to rule um he urinals curses chronos and says that he will be slain at the hands of his own son as well oh man so circling back to what just happened to him, he's like, the same thing's going to happen to you. I'm cursing you now. And so Kronos is like, oh, whatever. Get out of here. It's fine. Like, Yikes. go crawl into your hole. So he crawls into a hole and like, you know, kind of disappears for a bit. Mm. He's And he's still the sky, right? He yeah. He still has that job, but he just doesn't have the might and power that he mm. did before. So mm-hmm. no longer the supreme god. He's kind of like left in pieces. Um, something kind of circling back to like before the castration. Um, it's also said that Gaia recruited all like her sons to help outside of Oceanus. Mm-hmm. So um five of the six of them um actually held down their father while Kronos castrated him. So they and were all so, in on it. Yeah. Well, so everybody all. kind of played a part. Gotcha. And these are actually the four brothers actually represent the four pillars of the earth. So Okay. Um, Kawas, Urkoyos, 
represents the north pillar or the north star or the um, axis or north axis, you know. Ibidus, the east pillar, Hyperion, the west pillar, and Creus on the southern pillar. So just some fun facts about that. Love it. Kronos's rule in the Greek pantheon was considered the golden age of Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. So at this time, everyone was blessed with abundance and prospered, but it wouldn't last. He was he was later considered just as cruel and ruthless as his father before him, which is Yikes. actually like kind of defeated the whole purpose exactly. of him even yeah. doing this. So it all kind of backfired. And so there's going back to the Hecatonchiri and the Cyclopes, his mother, that was the whole point. Was to yeah. free the siblings. She's like, yeah. I need you to help me th- overthrow them, and then we'll release your your brothers, and you can run the whole show, and everybody can just be happy. So th- there's two kind of different versions of this. There's a version where he releases them from Gaia mm-hmm. because there's a version where she, they're trapped in their mother still. Mm-hmm. He releases them from Gaia, and then kind of starts to get a little bit paranoid and worried about losing his throne to them because they are giants. Again, same thing his father did. Um, And so he's like, ooh, I don't know about this. Like, I don't trust you. And so then he actually, um, before this happens and while they're roaming free and he's getting paranoid, this is when Gaia is like, the happiest because all of her children oh. are free and that's why the world was so fruitful and so bountiful for the humans that lived at the time. Mm-hmm. So it's like it made a ton of sense and then he said to trap them into Tartarus. Oh, so, cuz he was a paranoid. Right. And so there's there's another version where it's like he frees them from Tartarus and then traps them back into Tartarus and actually adds this dragon called Kemphi. And she's now an extra guard in front of Tartarus to help, like, keep them, you know, at bay. All of this leads to Cronus's rise of power. And as I said, fearful of losing his seat again or losing his seat like his father did, he traps them with the guard, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gaia is furious. She's like, yeah. this literally we're back at square one. You dummy. What are you doing? So let's talk about Tartarus a little bit. So it's considered to be one of the four original gods, just like Gaia. Um, it's the regions below the depths of the earth. So this place is considered the hell pit of the Greek world. And so it eventually kind of transitions to what we think about as hell today. Mm-hmm. And it, is a place of torture and horror and just Ooh. all around. You don't want to be there. And all around and so, great time. Yeah. So to be trapped down there is really oh my fucking horrible. Yeah. No um, wonder she's mad. Yeah. And so, and like the Hecatonchiri and, and the Cyclopes, they're like people. They're yeah. not people, but they're monsters, but they have feelings. They have feelings too. They don't want to be trapped down there. No. What do they ever do? Even they be tormented day and what night. What they ever do to you? Yeah. Nothing. Probably nothing. nothing. Um, so they never had a chance. <laughs> they Just never had a chance. Give give them a chance. Tartarus is actually will actually eventually be a part of Hades' domain in the underworld. But even then, it's still meant for torture. So it's meant to be like 
the hell part of hell and Hades. So hell. it's going to be <laughs> yuck. But before all of this, before this whole like Kronos starting to freak out and getting all nervous, um, the Titans actually all pair off and marry. Oh. So each other. Yes. Or other people. Oh, okay. No, the six and six. Okay. Worked out perfectly, I guess. <laughs> um, and so Kronos ends up marrying his sister Rhea. And that is where I'm going to leave you this week. With a marriage, just hang in. With a marriage. I'm so ready. I was curse. I am like eating up your story. With a marriage and a curse on on and paranoia. Who is not poor Ray. Not having it. Poor Ray. Um, I also want to say I was looking at all these images and stuff, and like I need somebody to do some really amazing art. Where these people are not so Kronos for some reason is depicted as like old father time. Oh no, like in my mind, he's like this big burly, like handsome, yeah, dangerous really good looking guy. All of them, right? They're all yeah. a little bit bigger than anything, you know, that yeah. would be normal. And yeah. they're gorgeous. No, they're good looking. Every, literally every like painting i saw was just like he's an old man he's an old man it's like oh, that's boring Ugh. yeah i've definitely been reading too much too much sarah j mass too, too, too much too much faction faction too much jesus yeah i was just like really that's oh. how we're gonna Can someone help us out yeah someone send us some so anyway every time i'm thinking greek gods i'm like oh I'm in the sexy version. Like, <laughs> not the that's the more fun one. Though. That's the more fun one. <laughs> right. Let's be Come honest. On. <laughs> they're like they're literally immortal. So why would he have long gray hair with a long gray beard? That doesn't make any sense to me. No. No, he'd like, be it, maybe he'd that's be... what was desired because like long life wasn't maybe achieved no. i don't know i just don't get it that's i was boring. Just really let down yeah by yeah. the Can 16th someone help us century out? artist or if you found something send it to us because that would yeah. also be cool yeah just definitely. tag us in it definitely <laughs> uh but yeah so that's part one of titanomachy we've got our all of our build-up we're kind of see, seeing who the players are but yeah no we've got children and funny enough we have baby eating <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> Which I was Funny laughing enough. earlier when you were like, I, I was like, yeah, but no baby eating. They're like, oh my god, I'm literally telling like a, a story minute, next wait, week about baby eating. <laughs> so it does tie in, though. There you go. It, I mean, it all it. makes sense, and you'll get it next week. So oh, yeah. Anyway, man. all right, I'm excited. But, oh man. <laughs> oh man. Um. <laughs> But yeah, anyway, thanks you guys for tuning in today and listening to us chat about the Sally House. Oh, right, Sally House and um the first part of our Titanomachy in part the Greek one. mythology world. Um as always, check out our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you use social media, we do too. And um see what 
information on this week's episode, see what we're reading. We like to share sometimes each month what we are reading if we don't talk about it here, which we probably will do. Oh my gosh, we'll probably talk about it here. We'll try to keep it to a minimum though. We're not going to, we'll try to get to the good stuff because that's what we're all here for is the good stuff. The good stuff. But yeah, we're definitely going to talk about probably some more smutty books. Sorry. Yeah, always. Always. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, definitely check out our website as well. We share all of our sources and information mm-hmm. that we find and where we find it. So um, check it out in our library on our website. Yep. Uh, you can always reach us. Send us an email at morethemythspodcast at gmail.com. If you heard something that you want to just give us your thoughts or feedback or, hey, you know what? Actually, this <laughs> is how it went, which is totally fine. Let us know. Um Follow and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google. You can leave a review on all three. If you have time, a couple minutes, just, you know, give us a quick review. Gives us just a little bump. And uh, say some nice words. Um, Yeah, you know, say, hey, these guys are great. Great. Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, Yeah. But as always, remember, if you love us, tell your friends, tell your family, and tell your mom. Tell your mom about us. Yes. Until next time, stay curious. 